The Paranet Podcast, a Dresden Files book club. Welcome to The Paranet Podcast with your hosts, me, Patrick Lunn, and... Me, Rob Davis. Cool. Smooth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I like a nice smooth one. Um, we're coming at you uh, on my birthday. Happy birthday. Um, thank you. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I, I was trying to think if there was any sort of Dresden-y fact I could tie into my birthday. Um, and there isn't... I don't think there is, really. Although I'm sure our Dresden fans out there could get us one. Um, but um, I will say that I have enjoyed some of Jim's short stories set around this time of year and Valentine's Day um, and kind of romancy stories in general that he's done. The one that jumps to mind is there was one where the a couple of the alphas get bit by like, there's like a comedy one that he does. Yeah. I don't know if you've read this one, Rob. Probably not. Um, I've not. I've not read many of the st- uh, short stories. It's like two of the alphas get bit by something that makes them like super horny. Um, and there's like a demon that attacks and like basically like five different things all happen in Harry's apartment at the same time and he's trying to like Fraser Crane his way between them all fair play um, yeah it's it's funny uh, <laughs> so if you want to join in my, my birthday celebrations also known as Patmos um then, then get reading some Dresden Files short stories, and um, I think it's called Hair of the Dog. That short story. I I, I can't think, verify, but give me a moment. I think it, I think it's in the second collection. I think it's in Brief Cases. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh... Um. So yeah, um, apart from that, we do have a fantastic show for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be um, doing three chapters of Summer Night! Summer Night! Um, as we're coming to the close, we realise that we had six chapters left. So instead of doing four chapters this week and then two chapters uh, in our next recording, we decided to, to split it 50-50, which I think will work a bit better. Although some of these chapters are a little dimpy. Um, but before we get to that, we will be, uh, doing our para-networking session, uh, section. Normally, as you guys know, uh, we talk about news going on in the world of Jim Butcher. Uh, there isn't much in the way of news at the moment. So we're picking up with some of the questions that Dresden Files fans have around the series, um, kind of speculation, uh, various kind of debates and stuff. And, we're, we're checking in with you guys through our, our social media, uh, through Facebook and Twitter and all that good stuff, um, to get your opinions and just kind of have like a, a fun general discussion. Um, so this week, our discussion is around, could the Dresden Files work as an animated feature? And um, this is kind of coming from the idea that Obviously, the Dresden Files. Um, when we ha- when we did see it on the on the small screen, 
um, and in live action and stuff. Um, shortcuts had to be made because uh, there's not always enough budget um, to do all the special effects. Harry kind of had to be reined in a little bit. Um, and as the series goes on, um, as the book series goes on, obviously magic ramps up and ramps up and we um, we see more and more kind of spell casting and more fantastical creatures and stuff. If that was going to be done in live action, it would require, require an insane budget. Um, so uh, animation might be an alternative for that. Um, Rob, what's your thoughts? Um, I'd be up for it. It gives it a lot more flexibility i suppose like like you say regarding like budgets of live action stuff that would be less of a concern like it won't be a case of um you know you're having like the battle in whatever the last book was called um blah 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 what was it called battleground battleground yeah i kept thinking battlefront and i was like i know that's wrong um but i mean if you had that live action it just wouldn't I mean, it probably would work, but I I can't see any situation where a live-action Dresden series would get a budget that would do that justice. And it it would have to somehow become the next Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think, and I think that applies as well to quite a lot of uh, like finale major set pieces, I guess, whatever you want to call them, throughout the series, like uh, Skin Game, especially. Uh, the small favor, I think, and a lot of other stuff like that, and also the books get pretty gory as well. So I know, like animation, kind of in the vein of Castlevania, I reckon would be a really good way to do it. Yeah, um, I think, I think uh, an animated TV series might be the best vehicle, in my opinion, for for Dresden. Plus, that um, it, way you could also get uh, James Masters to return. Yeah. Um, and also, with it being... Uh, and let's, let's be honest here, it's a long series of books, yeah. no matter which way you slice it. Um, and an animated series would allow it to be smoother if char- if actors had to be recast, for instance. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that that's what I'd want to happen, but I think even like James Masters, if he started on Stormfront now, and let's say that they did two Dresden Files books a year, you'd still be talking like he'd be he'd be pushing like late sixties, seventies uh, by like the end of it. Mm. I think because he's fifties now, I believe. Something like that, yeah. I want to say I'm right on that, but uh, I'm <laughs> going to just check. I, I think, I'm just trying to remember, because I did have a... Yeah, f- Jesus, 58. Whew, yeah, so he would be... He'd be pushing 70 by the time that we're getting towards the end of the series. Yeah. Um, And that, that might not be the age that you want a Dresden person to sound like, <laughs> which makes sense. Yeah, fair enough, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm just, I, I'm 
just finding that um, so I think the one that I was thinking of um, the short story I think it's Curses by the looks of it fair enough um, I mean we'll get there at some point yeah exactly <laughs> just just uh, stick with us and we'll get there also, just reading through these, there's so many of these I really like. Um, Bombshells is is a really good Dresden Files story. That's um, uh, kind of like a team up of the women of the Dresden Files. Uh, that's really really fun. Um, but also, Jury Duty is a really good little short story from uh, from Harry's perspective, doing something very mundane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no no curses is not uh the one i'm thinking of then what am i Ooh. thinking of uh no 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 uh maybe day off Sorry, this That's okay. um, <laughs> This is probably fantastic audio. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, if you could see my face right now, I'm just like shrugging because I have no idea. Yeah, it, this is literally just me looking at a list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? If you know the the funny the. Funny Harry Potter, Harry. Oh my God! It's all. It's all gone. <laughs> no. If you know the funny Harry Dresden story, um, where he is dealing with horny werewolves, um, just yeah, drop it in a comment or something on one of the social media's channels. I guess. Yeah. And let us, we'll, let us know. Clear yeah, this up we'll once just... and for all. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got completely sidetracked. Back to Dresden Files and animated series. Um... <laughs> Focus! Um... Yeah, um... I think it would be a really good vehicle. Um, I think, for all the reasons we've kind of said, um, my only drawback is, uh, personally, I've always found it hard to get into dramatic animated series yeah i kind of agree with that to be honest um castlevania i know is good i I haven't really um i haven't touched it really um but i've 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 heard good things yeah i watched series one back in 2018 i think and it was it was really fucking good but i just i don't you, you know when like you enjoy a series and then more of it comes out and you're like, oh yeah, I'll check that out at some point. And then before you know it, about two, three years passes by and you're like, oh, I will probably check it out at some point. And then you don't. Yeah. There's no real reason. It's just, I guess, time. Yeah, I get you. Um, Happy birthday. I think, I guess... uh... Star Wars Clone Wars we've both been watching that's not a comedy yeah this is true 
So I guess, I guess it's possible. I, I'd be very interested to see what, what they could do with that. I think it would it would really need the right team. Um, but I think yeah, James Masters um, would be able to do a lot more in that format. Yeah. Um, I've also seen some like animatics and stuff done on YouTube of Dresden Files. I think we even covered it in a previous episode. Sounds like something um, that we would have covered. Yeah. Um, and some of those are really, really good. So, um, I don't know. I could, um, I think it, it would be a natural, uh, natural path for the series. Anyway, we, uh, we put this question to, uh, to you guys, the fans, the listeners on our social media, um, across, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, and we got a couple of cool responses. So, Rob, do you want to go through those? Yeah, I'll start with Facebook. We had one from Michael Tobacco, who, who has commented on quite a few of our previous posts whenever we've done this. Um, and the, his answer was, uh, I could definitely see it as some sort of anime in the style of something like Vampire D, which I don't know if you're familiar with it. I caught an episode of it years ago, but I can see that as well. So... Okay. Uh, I will search Vampire D and hope that Google is kind. I'm sure it will be. It was quite popular from what I remember. Uh, Vampire Hunter D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that what I said, or did I say something else? Uh, I think you just get the Hunter. Lol, that's um, funny. Yeah, Vampire Hunter D. Mm. Okay. <laughs> This looks kind of cool. It looks a bit like Berserk. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I had. Huh. Sweet. I'm also getting a Bloodborne vibe, which I always enjoy. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, anyway, yes, continue. Yeah, and we had a few more on Twitter from Dave the Sarcastic, which is uh animated series done by the guys behind Avatar The Last, Last Airbender which I'm fully on board with because I love Avatar The Last Airbender. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that would be interesting because different, um, very different audiences. Yeah. And I feel like Avatar The Last Airbender for me, one of the things it plays really well with is like that feeling of like, desolation and like quietness mm. so it'd be really cool to see dresden done in like a. It, it would be cool to see how how like those animators would respond to would, would make dresden feel like urban i guess yeah just uh, trying to see who animates it yeah but i can definitely uh Especially that Legend of Korra had a bit more of a city feel to it. Um, yeah. I can see it work, certainly. Same. And also on Twitter from Daniel O'Rea was... Um, no, 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 no. It feels like it's halfway there already with the graphic novels. Also, while I know CGI has come a long way, I feel the animation would handle the magic aspects of the books a little better. Fully agreed on the um, on the graphic novels. It's 
it's not that far away from being possible. Agreed. Um, I would actually, I would enjoy an animation style similar to that of the graphic novels. Um, which, if you haven't checked them out, uh, Dresden Files graphic novels by Dynamite Comics. I think they're all by Dynamite? Yeah, um, as far as I know, they are. Um, really, really good. Um, they kind of... They, they run the gamut of uh, retellings of Dresden Files stories to... Um, their own like little side stories and uh, some side stories that take place during some of the the more major books. Some side stories that are completely unrelated to, to most things. Um, it's it's good. It's really um, they they are worth reading, especially the omnibuses that are out. I think there's only two omnibuses, maybe. Yeah, Is there a third one. Not that I'm aware of. I'm pretty sure I looked into this recently because I didn't have the second one. Um, on that note, though, I think the first one is now currently quite hard to find. Bear with. Really? Yeah, like I had a look a while ago, and um, I think in print at least it's. I mean, it's going on Amazon now for like ninety six pound and twenty p. Whereas I think I bought it used for like about. Twelve pound, like four years ago. Yeah, I I remember buying it for much less than that. Yeah, that might also, that might also be um, pandemic related though, because I've noticed a couple of things are going in and out of print at the moment. Actually, that's a good um, point. So I guess hot tip from from the Paranet. Um, wait until the pandemic is over to get your Dresden fix? Yeah, unless you can find it anywhere else, like, cheaper secondhand. Yeah, I'm, I'm just having a look and seeing if you could get it any cheaper on eBay. I bet you could. Probably. I mean, it, it also depends how much you're willing to like put into it. If you want to pay £95 or whatever for it, by all means, I'm not going to stop you. I mean, you get quite a bit for you. You get quite a bit of bang for your book. This oh, is true. on eBay, it's more expensive. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, you're getting over oh, 100 on eBay. Yeah, that's mad. Although I've noticed <laughs> that the second one's gone up. Last time I checked, it was like £20. Now it's like thirty five ninety nine, Which, eh, whatever. I'll still buy it. According to Forbidden Planet, it's been discontinued. That's why. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, just, I don't know, like, it's, yeah, it's sad to, to see if that's the case. Yeah, but um, I mean, it, it might be, there might be more to it. I can't remember how rights and stuff like that work with graphic novels and comic books, but. Um, I, if, it's, if it has been discontinued, because I know that there is still quite an appetite for it, so I'd imagine that those comics are going to still be on uh they will find their way into your hands somehow definitely i'm almost certain i mean if you're one for digital comics i mean you can grab the digital versions unlike kindle or comiXology for like 12 pound ish yeah that's that's probably where um i would go i guess first now 
Yeah. Um, also, a, a fantastic way to get through the first couple of books, as Rob will attest to. I think. Yeah, I've not said my catchphrase for a very long time now. But... You, you haven't. We've we've moved past <laughs> the days of. <laughs> I didn't actually read the book. <laughs> shall, I, shall I say it for old time's sake? Oh, go on then. So, it's like, the, the, the first two books, Stormfront and uh, Full Moon, until we read the, until we did it for this podcast, I hadn't read the books. I'd only read the graphic novel adaptation. <laughs> In the comics, TM, Rob Davis. Um... Yeah, I do feel like this is a tangent, uh, tangenty episode. Uh, yeah, of, can't, of, can't complain. Uh, yeah, this is this is chill. <laughs> this is kind of my birthday party, so uh, enjoy. Uh, grab a slice of of audio cake and uh, chow down. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know what audio cake would be. No, but um, I, I quite like that phrase. I feel we should copyright it. Yeah. If that's, I don't think we can um, copyright names, but maybe we should I just start know. a different podcast. Call it Audio Cake. Make all like the branding and stuff and copyright that and then just sit on it until we can be asked to do something with it. I mean, that's, that's what we do most of the time with our ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so I think that that covers our thoughts on uh, uh, animated Dresden. Really, um, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it is the best vehicle for the series, um, from our perspective at least. Um, it would be it would be great to see to see a um, a company pick it up that way. But I uh, I also can't get past the idea that I, I kind of think it's more unlikely that we'll see that. I think we're more likely to see live action. Yeah. Dresden, um, which is strange, but I, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, time will tell. I think, um, I mean, this was years ago. Uh, I can't remember what studio it was. It might have been like Fox or somewhere like that. Like, decided to buy the rights and put it into development. I mean, this must have been like 2017, 2018. See, I swear, like, at least once a year we get this news story that, yeah, it's it's kind of on the back burner for, for one studio or two. Yeah. Uh, but, I don't know. Like, I'm, I mean, I really enjoyed the book trailers this year. Yeah, they were good. Um, so maybe that shows more potential for for what Dresden could become, and maybe that'll spur a company to pick it up a bit more. I don't. Um, I I would love to see more done with the property, certainly. Same. Um. But yeah. Um. So moving on from there. Um. Just before we go into our. Uh, Dresden Files uh, book club. Um, I just want to say uh, a quick uh, apology slash shot slash life update. You guys know that me and Rob um, 
currently doing uh, a lot more with our with our time. Uh, uh, Rob is doing his master's degree, uh, which is awesome. Um, and uh, I'm currently doing like a a kind of management level uh, job and um, cracking on with um, uh, life in general. Um, again, after being furloughed and stuff. Um, so we did we did miss an episode last week, uh, and I just wanted to to give a little apology, and and you guys know why, um, and just know that. It's a one-off, and that we are gonna keep going uh, with the podcast. Um, that being said, once we finish um, summer night, <laughs> we are we are gonna have another week off. I think. Yeah, I think that would be uh, best, just because. I mean, if, if if things are still busy in our personal lives, it just gives us a bit more breathing space between starting a new book. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think we might have a short story in between. I will uh, double check because I have a list of like all the content somewhere. I just don't know where I put it. So I can verify that in a moment if you want. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, do that thing. Um, but yeah, uh, so we'll, we'll be taking a week off. Uh, end of summer night before going into... Death masks. Death masks. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yes. the next short story we have is after death. Uh, after death masks. Fantastic. Death masks is going to be wild because we get into Nicodemus, Arcleon, and all that good stuff. Um, we get uh Kincaid, we get Ivy. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I, I'm still working out uh, how I'm going to say death masks. I'm kind of thinking like um, we say death masks at the same time, but one of like be like the comedy and tragedy faces. So one <laughs> of us is like laughing saying it, and the other one is like sad saying it. Lol, I I kind of okay with this. We'll we'll work on it and before we start. Get a bit of practice yeah. in. Some, something, uh, yeah, coordinated. Um, <laughs> um, okay, cool. So, Dressing Files Book Club. Uh, you guys know the deal by now, but in case this is your first one, uh, well, welcome. Uh, and um, also, uh, you might be a little bit confused what we're talking about. Uh, so, you might want to go back a couple of episodes, but... Um, Every week, me and Rob are going through the entirety of the Dresden Files uh, series from start to finish, looking at all of the novels, comic books, board games, uh, RPGs, anything else, freaking Lego sets, um, and of course the main book series in chronological order. We are currently on the fourth book, Summer Night! Uh, fourth book of Roughly 25, I think, was the last count that Jim's given us all. Um, so, God, we've got a, we've got a lot to go still. Um, but um, we're cracking on at a good pace. Um, uh, each episode, we do 
uh, a little last time on the Dresden Files, where we go through everything that happened uh, in the last episode uh, that we talked about um, with uh, just very, very quickly. Then we do this time on the Dresden Files, where we talk about everything uh, new, and then we do uh, a couple of like discussion points. Uh, me and Rob um, are absolute most pretentious. Uh, are both uh, creative writing graduates. Rob seemed to be a creative writing master's graduate. Um, so we get our lit crit on, uh, talk a little bit about um, the good side from a literature point of view. We also get our, our nerdy side on, talk about any references, anything that Jim's dropping that we should be picking up. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically the format. Um so, uh, last time on the Dresden Files, um, we uh, basically uh, followed Harry and his uh, ex, uh, Elaine, uh, as they went to go and visit the mothers of summer and winter. Uh, they uh, went in like a floating carriage to this, um, I guess I would call it like a demi-plane, but I think it is the Never Nether. Um, it's like this weird out-of-the-way part of like the fairylands. Um, they come across a unicorn um, that Elaine agrees to lead away, allowing Harry to go ahead. Um, the unicorn approaches uh, Elaine with caution um, before preparing to lunge at her. Um, as it goes to do this, uh, Harry raises Brasting Rod and shouts, firing at the ground below the unicorn. The unicorn reacts by charging towards Harry, and he is forced to fight. Elaine holds off the unicorn, telling Harry to get to the mothers. Uh, we then go into chapter 26, one of the best chapters in early Dresden Files, as Harry meets with Mother Summer and Mother Winter. Uh, they all have a nice little natter, uh, chatting about all the devious goings-on in the courts. Uh, Harry believes that Maeve is behind everything, and he asks who killed the summer night. The mothers counter with the important question is why they killed the summer night and how. Summer Mantle needs a vessel, but it is not with another night, or the sides of summer winter will be balanced. Harry's new question is how the mantle goes from one vessel to the next. The answer, it, it, the answer is it goes to the nearest summer power, the summer lady or queen. Harry deduces that the power of the summer knight has transferred to the summer lady Aurora. Harry tries to get the mothers to intervene, but alas, they cannot. Uh, however, Mother Winter gives Harry a cloth which will unravel any enchantment including curing Susan. The mothers have reached the limit of how they can interact and usher Harry to make haste. Harry apologises as he believes that he harmed their unicorn and they respond, what unicorn, dear? As he's travelling back, Grum appears with Elaine close behind and knocks Harry out. Harry wakes with the unravel and his other items gone. He realises he's in the presence of Aurora, ready for battle. 
With her are Elaine Grum, the Unicorn, and none other than Lloyd Slate. Harry correctly guesses that Grum is really Sidri Tallow and uh, is really Sidri. And Tallow is uh sorry, I I'm confused by, by the notes here. Tallow and the Unicorn are Coric the Centaur. Is that right, Rob? Uh yeah, I believe so. Okay. Uh, Aurora uh, wants to know how uh, Harry worked it all out, but Harry is uncooperative. Um, Aurora asks Elaine, "Can can this guy be reasoned with?" Uh, and Elaine is like, "You he, he knows that you're probably going to kill him either way, um, so he's probably not going to cooperate with you." Um, Aurora does her little monologuing and explains that um, she had Slate kill uh, Ronald McDonald, um, by which I mean Ronald Raoul. Um, Slate hates Maeve and willingly helped Aurora. The mantle of Summer Night returned to Aurora, who put it in the changeling Lily and then turned her into a statue. Aurora wanted the unravelling to change Lily back and kill her on the stone table. Aurora declares that she's sick of the endless battle between summer and winter and intends to end it by plunging the world into chaos. The White Council doesn't know what's happening and Slate wants Harry dead. Harry goads Slate, saying he's being played by Aurora. Elaine says she owes Aurora and has to help her. She didn't know Harry would be involved. Harry prepares to summon his power for a death curse as Slate draws his sword, preparing to kill. However... Elaine intervenes, stopping Slate after realising that Harry's preparing a death curse, aiming it at Aurora. Slate puts the sword away and Elaine handles Harry's death. She binds Harry and Aurora puts him over quicksand, very like Adam West Batman villain. Elaine tells Harry it's just like old times. Harry remembers that when they were growing up, they used to copy each other's bindings. Elaine has saved his life, leaving Harry with a chance to escape. Harry escapes the binding, still in quicksand. He pushes his palms down and shouts, Huzari! Getting out of the sand, but winding up stuck in a tree 20 foot above ground. The gatekeeper appears and asks if he's interrupting anything and helps Harry get down from the tree. Harry asks why he's here. The gatekeeper tells him he's been listening and knows Harry has accomplished his mission, also telling him uh, Harry can step down from the task now. His trial from the council is charged. Mab has let the White Count has allowed the White Council to travel through her lands unimpeded. Harry thank, uh, thinks of Meryl, Lily, and the unraveling. He has to finish this. The gatekeeper responds that he won't vote against Harry, though if Harry had given up, he would have killed him himself. The gatekeeper leaves, but not before leaving some parting gifts for Harry. Ointment that allows him to see through fairy glamours and a piece of the stone table to help Harry locate it. So that was last time on the Dresden Files. Rob, are you good to take it around? I am indeed. This time <laughs> on Dresden Files. Chapter Just 29. Harry rocks up back at the uh, ha- house. Billy's house. Either way... Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if that was Billy's house or not. I just assumed it was Billy's house. Um, I, he's like arms up, so I think he must go back to his place. 
Yeah, I I can't remember if it made the point because every time he like is hanging out with the alphas, whatever they're doing, it, he's always at theirs. So, mm. yeah. Um, but in any case, like Harry prepares for battle. He arms himself with everything that he needs going into this. And while he's at it, the alphas join him because if you're going to go to war or intervene in a war between two fairy courts, you're going to need a bunch of kids who can turn into wolves. So, yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Forget your morals. Um, <laughs> he's also joined here by Marilyn Fix. And, yeah, I, I mean, actually that comes up in a moment anyway, so I'll just I'll not say anything. And the group head off, you know, across the city to get ready to kick some ass. Um, Harry explains to all of them that Aurora is the summer lady, and the kind of bare bones of it is she's bringing about the end of everything. Uh, she had Ronald Raoul killed by Lloyd Slate. She has the power of the Winter Night, which she plans to put into the statue of Lily once she turns back to normal. And then kill mm-hmm. on the stone table, and everyone's kind of like, "Gee, whiz, that's a, that's a bummer." And Harry's just there, like, "Oh, it's just a normal day for me." <sighs> In any case, they arrive at the they arrive in Doctor Shores of uh, Lake 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 Michigan, Lake Michigan. Can't even speak. <laughs> and Harry gives them all, you know, the ointment that he was given from the gatekeeper to see through fairy glamours, which oh, I don't know. I, I don't like the word ointment. You know? <laughs> like, I don't know if that's just me, but it just it's just an unpleasant word. If it was like eye drops that allowed them to see through fairy glamour. I mean, I hate eye drops anyway, but I can, I can kind of go with it. But when it says ointment, I just feel a bit dirty. Ointment. <laughs> but yeah, they, they give them the Ointment slash eye drops to see through the fairy glamour. And the wolves begin to scatter, you know, do their thing, get in position, while Harry and the changelings head back into the dockyard. At this point, they are shot by a sniper. And Meryl is hit. And yeah, out of the shadows jumps the tigress, and she attacks all of them. And I love this bit, because... (laughs) She's been an issue up until now, and, and the alphas just fucking, like, pile on top of her and just rip her to pieces, and I, I can't remember if Harry froze up at this, but I, I'm sure his reaction was, like, I went pale and lightheaded and thought I was going to pass out, but I didn't. Um, they, they do just descend on the tigress. It's, yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what to compare it to, but I can't think of anything really um and yeah fix and fix and harry attend to meryl to kind of you know luckily it's just a flesh wound kind of thing she's she's not in like any like state where she won't be able to go on um a wolf punk comes over and like asks harry you know kind of just a little nudge to harry you know, follow me follow me lad let's go and we go on a bit of a hunt for the sniper and it turns out it's none other than the changeling that isn't with us, Ace. Who would have saw that coming? Not me until he didn't appear for the battle. Um, it turns out, yeah, he's the sniper and he was hired to kill Harry by the Red Court of all places. 
um, in exchange for protection from Lloyd Slate, which I think is quite a fair deal, given the, given his circumstance. Um, that might also, just be me. given the fact that Lloyd Slate is a scary mofo. Yeah, I mean, if if I knew Lloyd Slate, it was if, no, if I knew Lloyd Slate, like it wouldn't matter if he was trying to kill me or not. I just wouldn't feel safer. He's like, he's like one of those guys in the pub when pubs were open, and like they're always a bit loud and boisterous, and you're kind of sat there enjoying your drink in the quiet, just like oh, here we go. Don't make contact, because he will start a bar fight with me. He's like that, times ten. The but, sort yeah. of guy who, without looking at you, pushes in front of you in the queue at Weatherspoons, and you just know that it's not worth starting, like, being annoyed at this. Yeah. Who gets annoyed over, you know, a tiny bit of their pint that's just been spilt. Yeah. And it wasn't really spilt, it was just overflowing. So it was just coming out anyway. But, um, yeah, they they kind of, like, give Ace the uh, verbal lashing of, you, you pathetic piece of trash, get out of my sight, and, like, throw him to the ground, and he squirms and buggers off, and that's that. <sighs> we'll see him soon, maybe, or will we? We don't know. Find out in a few books' time. Um, chapter 30. Harry and the gang, the crew, the entourage, they make their way up the fairy staircase into the sky. And I love this moment because it just makes me think of Pink Floyd. Like, I'm not even sure why. (laughs) It's just a bit trippy. And yeah, the battle for the stone table is in full swing at this point. Everyone's fucking going at each other and shit. It's it's amazing. Really cool to read. Um, And Harry is found by a captain of Windsor who takes him to Mab. And Mab is in like full battle mode here, and it's it's pretty badass. And Harry Harry kind of fills her in and all the details, you know, Aurora's behind it all, blah 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 blah. And she says to Harry that, you know, we'll need to get to the stone table to stop her. Um And Mab shows Harry like a safe route via the river where Maeve is fighting, and this is kind of the route he needs to take to get there safely and hopefully not die. Um, and chapter chapter 31, Harry and his group are attacked by a large amount of bees. The bees! Um, Not the bees! (laughs) So yeah, um, it's poor creatures. Um, And Harry takes them down with a a handy cocktail of fire and wind with Fuego and Fazare combined, which is effective in doing its thing, I guess. Um, And here, like, Aurora and Lloyd Slate are just charging through the battlefield with, like, the statue of Lily. Um, Luckily, Harry and the wolves get, like, to intercept and get the drop on her, and (laughs) Aurora tells Slate and a bunch of, like, knights to just kill Harry and the wolves. And, yeah, here we go. Final round. Ding and, ding, that, motherfuckers. and that is where we wrapped up chapter 31 yeah uh, so whew. Um, it's they're not the longest chapters uh, in fact 
they are they're, they're quite short i would say yeah the the last batch of chapters i think are quite short i think i think one of them was like half an hour long but the rest are about you know 10 15 minutes on audible yeah um which is pretty crazy pretty crazy stuff um for i but i i i kind of feel like it's warranted at this point like it's it's fast paced um and this this is kind of where where i was going with the um the first topic that i, I really wanted to cover mm. which is um jim butcher writing action scenes and we get it a lot here um the way that he he kind of deals with like combat and stuff um I think something that I really appreciate with uh, Jim's writing is that he will write. He will vary how he how he writes combat, and we see that with like the different chapter lengths in a way here, because he'll he'll do very like quick combat moments, things like uh, the tigress appears and then is suddenly torn apart by werewolves in like two or three paragraphs mm. um but then he'll like slow it down and we'll have a moment where like harry and fix are like dressing meryl's wound and that like that's like a couple of pages uh and then a wolf shows up and then uh we get like the moment with ace um and then like we go up into the clouds and we get like the battle set out in like again like a handful of paragraphs um and, and, and another thing that I really enjoy is that he will focus on different things in battles. Yeah. Um, like he focuses really hard on, like, the sound um, in in the battle in the sky um, and talks about, like, how he can't even hear hear his own words, never mind anyone else's, um, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, what did you think on that? kind of what you said like i like how i know i feel it's really like grave peril in this book is where he kind of nails how finales are done throughout the series like everything kind of comes together it's one huge giant set piece which has been like the build-up of the entire book world world, the world is at stake kind of thing and like you say I, i like how especially with this battle um and this kind of goes back to what I was saying to you yesterday, where the one thing I remember from this book is the last few chapters and reading it on the train going to yours. Um, mm. And it's very much a kind of... Oh, I'm trying to think of what to compare it to, but nothing comes to mind. But I like how you've got this huge battle going on, and for it being the most important part of the battle from our perspective and Harry Dresden's, he's such a minor part in this battle as well. Very much so. Like, if you zoom out, you've got, like, two armies going at it. You've got Mab involved, presumably the Summer Lady and all that kind of shit. Um, yeah, and just, just kind of a small squad of people that probably shouldn't even be involved in this war are just there on the down low and the nitty-gritty bits, just kind of like, well, we got one job to do, so. And I, I think it makes it feel so much like bigger 
yeah. everything going on around them. Uh, because they they are described as being so small in it all. Um, yeah, it, it feels like this this epic, epic fight is going on and it's just chaos and madness. Um, and I think the other thing that I really enjoy about it, I mean, we're not really told who the combatants are. We don't even know who's fighting. Um, it's just like, like the only things that we're told about that are in the battle are mounted cavalry, uh, the giant bees, and then we just go straight in on like Aurora and her like entourage. Hmm. Um, but I don't think we need more than that. Not really. Yeah. I mean, it's everything else for us, for the audience, for the reader is kind of pushed to the background. We don't need to know that information. It's just there, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it makes for really awesome reading. Um, I guess um, I think uh, Jim's very good at, the, at creating these moments as well like uh, the moment with the bees um, the, like when Harry like Harry basically stops them with a combination of like Fazare and Fuego <laughs> um, and uh the, that that like little like combo he pulls off and everyone's like shocked and stuff and Harry's like come on we've got to move <laughs> um like it's like we have these like awesome moments and there's chaos and like fast bits slow bits and then it's like ah oh, here's another like epic visual for you mm. almost um it's it's extremely cool um Agreed. How it's handled, I think. Um, so yeah, uh, I I think Jim handles combat really, really well, um, and it's it's really interesting because I don't think Jim's ever been like in a war or anything, but I feel like he gives a different insight into combat than than like the typical ones yeah. like he never talks about about fighting being epic he's always like how terrifying and scary it is and how like you only you there's a couple of moments that make up a battle that kind of make or break a battle and if you you mess it up then you're dead kind of thing um i think he handles it really really well mm, definitely um yeah uh so uh the other thing that uh I wanted to talk about was this is the first time that we see the fairies at war uh something that we will actually see again in later books um and I had forgotten how similar this is to Mab in in more recent books like Battleground. Yeah. Um, we see her like astride like a white horse. Um, there's like a lot of talk about how she's using her powers and stuff, and um, it, it it's very similar to how she's depicted in Battleground. I would say. I'm inclined to agree, and kind of following from that because 
because of what we said in the previous comments of we're not seeing the full scale of the battle, we're just focused on Harry doing what he needs to do, I completely forgot about Mab appearing in the battle. I thought she was just kind of there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> I like how she's depicted here as well as kind of like very practical, I guess. Hmm. She's just like, okay, so one of the fairy court is has gone insane. This is what we need to do. Go do it. Kind of thing. It's so casual as well as if this kind of thing happens all the time. I fully believe it does. I, I also believe that there's like seven other epic quests going on in the middle of that battle that we yeah. just don't know about. <laughs> and Mab, Mab's just like in the middle of all of them. Yeah, I can roll with that. <laughs> um, so I did actually I I did want to talk about the bees, um, the bees, because uh, I think there's there's an interesting bit of like um, I I guess it's like authorial like like imaginary gymnastics almost in that. It's like, right, okay, so we've got summer and winter going to war with each other. We've already done trolls. We've already done the chlorophene. We've already done fairies. We've already done the unicorn. We've already done the centaurs. We've even done uh, satyrs. Um, what other creatures are on the side of summer? Specifically, what creatures are on the side of summer that are kind of evil? And bad. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really think of it like that. I just kind of, I know, like I, I think my mind just went to the Wicker Man film with Nick Cage in it. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I and and I think Jim makes a really good call here. Uh, something nasty to come across from the summer side. These are a great choice. Um. I think you could have probably got... I mean, bees would definitely make sense, but I reckon could easily have just swapped them out for, like, wasps or hornets just because they're more associated with summer anyway and they're all cunts, so... That's that's agreed. Also, is that the first hey, Rob, time I've sworn this episode? I, I was about to say, how's the non-swearing going? I mean, <laughs> there have been a few instances this episode where I've bit my tongue or just said something else. <laughs> but... I don't like hornets, so. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> kind of fair. Uh... <laughs> oh man, I mean that one was kind of like you you saved up your swear and then went for for like a top level swear. Yeah, that's kind of. As long as I don't swear again, I guess it's kind of okay then. Balance yeah. it out. Sure, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Your your swearing rehabilitation is is slowly slowly getting there. <laughs> um Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's got me giggling. Um it's fine. So yeah, so uh 
the the last bit that I kind of wanted to talk about was uh, the changelings, and I kind of can't believe that they let Ace go. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because, I mean, as we know, he pops up in one of the more recent books, and when he popped up, I was like, I, rem- I obviously I remembered him from this book, but I could, I didn't remember he, that he was the sniper. I yeah. didn't, it was just kind of like, oh, okay. And it kind of took me back it, a bit, but meh. I mean, I guess Jim was trying to create um, a uh, a recurring character from it. Yeah. But I, yeah, I do. I do find him just a weird choice in general. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it could possibly just be that they scaled the role back. Like he would have been a more prominent character a bit sooner yeah i mean he's not even prominent in the book i'm referring to he just kind of pops up again in the same kind of capacity only this time i think they punch him really hard in the face don't they basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i mean I, i yeah i just feel like if if I'd have found out that someone had betrayed me like that, and you're in the middle of this kind of war situation, might be the time to kill him. Yeah, Maybe. or at least or at least break one of his fingers. Yeah, that's equally valid, especially if he's a sniper. Yeah, might be <laughs> might be worth taking out those fingers. Get rid of those trigger uh, fingers. Yeah, because. Any time he could just snipe you. Any time. Um, I also like the. I don't think we ever find out who Ace is the, like the son of or. I think the, we like, do, or I think it's very much implied in his next appearance, but I won't reveal it here. Okay, because I was thinking that it was a it was an elf of some sort. I'll I'll drop you a message just so you can be like, oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um. Cool. Yeah. Um. So. Oh yeah. 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 That also makes a lot of sense. Um. <laughs> uh, well then, yeah. He is. He is used kind of all right then. Um. Thinking of what you mean, I I did know what the book he appeared in, and I knew. Kind of what he did, but I couldn't remember how he was related to things. Yeah, that makes a lot more. Um, cool. Yeah, so I guess he is used again, at least to some effect. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to pull out in this? Um, not really. I think I think the main part I wanted to discuss was how like the action and fight scenes are all handled, and we kind of nailed that. Yeah. Um, well then, um, I think that, that that's about it for them this week. They were very very quick chapters, um, and doing three instead of four again means that thing uh, it it goes even quicker. Um, yeah. These were the penultimate chapters of Summer Night. <laughs> uh, next week we have the grand finale 
and um, a lovely little epilogue. Um, and I'll uh, I'll give you a, a small um, small taste of what's what's to come because we're going to get some cokes in that in that last epilogue. There's going to be some cokes, and they are described in beautiful mouth-watering detail by Jim Butcher. <laughs> uh, Rob, do you want to take us out? Uh, yeah, as always, thank you for all the support. Um, we've just hit just over 4,100 downloads, which, again, is great news for us and you, I guess. Um, as always, share, follow, and subscribe next week or next episode. We'll be covering chapters 32, 33, and 34, which will conclude Summer Night! And, yeah, crack open a can of Coke, because you've been listening to the Paranet Podcast with your hosts, me, Rob Davis, and... Me, Patrick Lund. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.